You don't think it points the very clear lesson that bad guys have all the fun? We're talking Blackadder's Christmas Carol. Hit it. It was 1988. Rain Man was the highest grossing film. Prince Charles escaped an avalanche in Switzerland. UK laws were changed to allow pubs to stay open all day. And Ebenezer Blackadder was visited by a spirit with unforeseen consequences. I'm your host, Jerry D, with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me is a very special guest. You'll know him as the host of Merry Britsmas podcast, Adam Parker. Adam, how's it going? Uh, it's great. Yeah, really, really good. It's just turned a bit chilly here in the UK, which is quite nice. I can feel those burn months really cooling down. It makes me feel a lot more festive. That's, see, that's way cool because here um, it's still been in like the 80s and 90s. And then today, out of all the days, so it's perfect. Um, it was actually in the 60s. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's just wonderful. A little chill. Yeah, it just feels so much more Christmassy as soon as the weather gets a bit cooler. I put a jumper on, a cup of tea start to think about decorating. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so my son and I went to look uh, this morning. I had some father son time with him and we went to look at some uh, Hallmark ornaments and things like that. And so he already wants me to put the tree up. And uh, <laughs> 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 well, normally I'd say yes. Uh, my wife, unfortunately, has a very strict not until day after Thanksgiving rule. So yeah, same here. Yeah. Yeah. Not as fun, but you know, it you got to please the wife so <laughs> exactly yeah i do i do have a classroom as well i'm a teacher and i start putting christmas stuff out pretty early there and nice. the kids are quite excited about it so and my wife's not there to tell me not to do it <laughs> there there you go see and i'm lucky i get to work at a christmas store so i see christmas like all year round all year round yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh what do you teach by the way uh english which oh, okay. means that Christmas Carol is every year for me, uh, a teaching subject, which is brilliant. Nice. Well, uh, I'm sure you can appreciate this uh, variation on a theme of a Christmas Carol here. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see something different when you're so used to studying the original text every year mm -hmm. and watching the original versions every year. And then when you get something different, it is something a bit unique and a bit exciting, I suppose. It is. Well, and speaking of, you're actually, you've been doing this... Um, this versions of Christmas Carol and Marley's uh, countdown kind of thing and, or, or yeah. battle, I guess, battle Royale. I, I don't know how you want to count it, but. Uh, yeah. I think the word I'm using is a world cup of world cup. It's that's a what it very is, yeah. British thing. Yeah. A world <laughs> cup voting of the Marley's from Christmas Carol, uh, where people can vote on Twitter for their favorite Marley um, going back to the you know, 1930s all the way through to the modern day cartoons, puppets, real life voices, any interesting Marley is entered into the competition and then we'll see what the winner is. <laughs> right on. Well, I can't wait to vote for uh, Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> yeah, I think that might, might, might be right towards the very end, Statler and Waldorf. 
Yeah, it's either them or a Goofy. I'm not sure which one I like best. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but today, there's not quite a Marley in uh, in this version that we're talking about. We're talking Black Adder's Christmas Carol. And this one is definitely, uh, like you said, it's it's different. It's something unusual. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, at the, I guess, the last few years, um, I started getting into Black Adder, but really only uh, the first series. Uh, I haven't been able to catch the rest. Uh, but now that I know that uh, Stephen Fry and uh, Hugh Laurie are in the rest, I'm, I'm excited to catch up with those because those are some of my, my favorite actors. I mean, House, I love House. You know, I, I watched that show religiously uh, back when it first aired. And every once in a while, I'll put one of those on and just kind of catch up with Hugh Laurie. And, and uh, I mean, it's it's great. And, and he's a great musician as well, too. But uh, Yeah, a very talented guy. And uh, yeah, I, I was a big fan of House and there's some very good Christmas episodes of House as well. There really are, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, the Tis the Podcast guys uh, covered some of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I love Hugh Laurie. Uh, Stephen Fry is always funny and he's really intelligent as well. So the fact that he's Lord Melchett actually, uh, it, it plays very well, at least for me, you know, I can see yeah. him as being the high ranking official that's, that's actually a smart advisor and that kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's a national treasure here in Britain. Uh, Stephen Fry, he, um, for many years he had QI. I don't know if you know of QI, but it's a, uh, sort of um quiz quiz show yeah Mm -hmm. with celebrity comedians and it's about what is interesting so it's very unusual facts and he's the host of or he was the host of that for about a decade i think um and some very good christmas episodes there as well but it's just a really interesting and it made him seem like the wisest man on earth (laughs) even though it's all scripted i'm sure but it just gave him this aura of you know wisdom and he was this became this (laughs) sort of um, national treasure basically over the last sort of 10 years in Britain. Well, he's even written some books on uh, like Greek mythology and things like that. Yeah. And so, yeah. Very he's actually a clever guy. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. Very, very impressive guy. Uh, and of course, Rowan Atkinson. And yeah. I think over here in the States, most of us know him just as Mr. Bean, which is kind yeah. of shame because <laughs> he really is a funny guy. Uh, I remember when he came out on, um, oh, I think it was uh, uh, the Graham Norton show. And, yeah. and he was, in, you know, talking about someone trying to recognize him and, <laughs> and he kept saying, no, I, I am that guy. That's me. And the, the guy that he was talking to didn't believe him. He's like, no, no, no. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, but yeah, you should, you should, uh, you know, do impersonations of him. And I bet you can make <laughs> you a lot so of money. Much like it. <laughs> <laughs> but he really is a great comedian. And so it's, it's kind of funny to, to actually hear him speak, at least from an American perspective, because we're so used yeah. to just Mr. Bean. Um, but he really is a great actor and, and, and quite a comedian. I think the same for me as a kid, it was Mr. Bean was mm-hmm. how I knew him because as a kid, I didn't watch Blackadder. I watched Mr. Bean. Right, right. Uh, and then it wasn't until I was a bit older, till I was probably a teenager where I started to watch a bit of Blackadder, mainly the fourth series I watched originally, I think, the War Time Oh, the, yeah, the, the World War One. yeah. World War One, yeah. And then saw him as, yeah, a very interesting and still very funny actor, but on a completely different level from Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Bean, uh, it's definitely something else. I tried showing it to my uh, my wife and she just... She didn't get it, so. <laughs> but my kids love it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. If you, I think if you watch it when you're young or young at heart, maybe there it's you just go. Yeah. Brilliant, yeah. His facial expressions, the movements, it's, it's slapstick at its best. I think I, I agree completely. Um, but the series actually Black Adder. So it was actually um, began in '83. Um, it was kind of the brainchild of uh, Rowan Atkinson and Richard Curtis, and they started developing this idea for a show and a sitcom uh, while they were doing the uh, Not the Nine O'Clock News. 
And they wanted to kind of set themselves apart from Faulty Towers, which has been like, at the time, I guess, was very, uh, you know, at the peak of, of British comedy. And, and so they decided to do a historical drama, or excuse me, historical uh, comedy. And it it's odd because seeing this version and then reading about the other versions, which I haven't seen yet, uh, it's almost like the roles are switched. So in that first series, uh, Blackadder was a little more, he was more of like the Bodrick type where he was not very clever and yeah. people kind of took advantage of him. And, uh, you know, Bodrick was the one that uh, was, was kind of running things behind the scenes kind of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so to, to see the, you know, the switch, and I know that part of that was from the studio mandate, but um, to see that, it just, it was a little jarring for me, but at the same time, I think it played so much better. And Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think, yeah, Blackadder has that sort of, um, or the way that Rowan Atkinson plays him has that sort of... Um, privileged um overseer the you know pompous know-it-all just plays that perfectly (laughs) yeah yeah definitely very psychophantic (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah he's uh he's shrewd he's cunning um just everything about him you know he's always trying to i mean you could almost say he's machiavellian but you know just doesn't always quite pull it off but no (laughs) (laughs) always falls short yeah last usually (laughs) and i think that's what makes it work you know and that's that's what what makes it such a great comedy in fact i think uh as far as christmas specials go i think this was actually ranked um by your channel four as like the second best uh, christmas special on tv ever. yeah it's it's it is beloved here blackadder and the blackadder christmas carol within itself and i think it is uh, you know, as it, as you said, it's so unique and interesting and the characters are so well pieced together and it's full of such iconic British actors as well, the, you know, Fry and Laurie and Rowan Atkinson and Miranda a bunch of Richardson. others who are just really, yeah, yeah. Miranda Richardson, Jim Broadbent, uh, <laughs> yeah. Miriam Margulies, Margulies, just just yeah. actors that are so well known and so loved, I think, and cherished here and they've gone on to such great careers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, I mean, I love, I really do love the Graham Norton show. So whenever they're on, uh, it's always a treat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize, uh, how much, um, Marianne Margulies actually, uh, curses <laughs> in real life. Like a sailor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, she, she was great as, uh, as I believe what Queen, Queen Victoria, I think she was. Yes. Mm-hmm. As Queen Victoria. Yeah. Perfect. Lee yeah. cast as Queen Victoria there. <laughs> I think she played quite a few of those sort of similar characters in the earlier Blackadder series as sort of regal mm-hmm. leading figures full of, again, a bit of pomp and a bit of, um, that um, pomposity that goes with it, especially that sort of historical British pomp, I think is the term that I'm looking for, <laughs> of somebody who thinks they're better than everyone else. Yes. Probably yeah. because at the time they were treated like that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And and I guess uh, it, when we talk about class systems in general, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. when you're at the top, you're at the top. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um so this version of A Christmas Carol, it really takes the story and kind of turns it on its head. And so if you want to nutshell it, uh, I suppose you could say that um, Ebenezer Blackadder is the nicest man on the world. And after a visit by a spirit, he changes his ways. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so it really is like a, a flip flop from what we're used to. And, yeah. You know, I mean, Ebenezer Scrooge, of course, the the skin flint. And of course, I, I, you probably could quote it by now, but, you know, the, the squeezing, you know, <laughs> clutching, all that. Squeezing, wrenching, grasping, covetous old sinner, I believe. Is yes, the quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, and of course, he has the 180 in Christmas morning. And uh, here, Blackadder, it, it's, it's really the opposite. So he's put upon, everybody comes to him, they take advantage of him. And uh, of course, at the end of it, he pretty much tells everybody, 
just uh, pardon me, but to go shove it. And <laughs> <laughs> I love the sort of the that start, the kindness he has, and you see the taking advantage, and he's giving away everything bit by bit, and eventually losing all the stuff he had. But again, he's so upbeat and so positive about it. It is that it's Scrooge at the end of the story. It's that Scrooge giving away everything. Um, but as with a great piece of comedy, yeah, they completely twist it on its head and, and make you sort of <laughs> almost pity pity him at the start, even though he's so kind and generous. You're sort of like saying, stop it, stop giving away all your money. Stop giving away the turkey, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because, I mean, they're even like calling him different names and uh, I think they call him sucker. I mean, sir, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, but it it opens up and it's really great uh, where, you know, he's you hear humbug, humbug and, <laughs> and uh, he's actually offering like a, a candy. It's like, you know, yeah, humbug. Sweet humbug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, we're introduced right away as well to his uh, his I don't know what you call him a sidekick or. Uh, yeah, I, in this, it seems. Yeah, usually I suppose Baldrick is that sort of servant. But in this one, he's I don't know, he works in the shop or. I don't know. He just seems to hang around. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and uh, so right away we see the interplay between the two, which is, is hilarious because even as the kindest man in the world, he's still kind of jabs, jabs yeah. here and there. And uh, so I always, I always thought that was a great bit. <laughs> I like that he picks apart the uh, spelling of um, Baldrick has written a Christmas card. And oh, yeah. uh, it feels like me, me as a teacher sometimes having to read some of my students' work and I see you've misspelled it as messy Christmas. <laughs> and also with the Christmas, I think you've missed out the H and the S and the T and the M and the C. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think you've actually managed to spell Christmas without any of the correct letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think he even says, you mean Mary. And so then, it, you know, he writes in Mary, but it's like then Mary, messy Christmas. A Mary, messy Christmas. <laughs> I could sum up a few Christmases. Yeah. A Mary, messy Christmas. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah and I know exactly what you mean, because I was a band director for a few years. And uh, but besides doing that, I also taught um, I also taught music theory and music history. And unfortunately, the, they weren't music students that I taught it to. They were just, you know, people with no experience at all and so basically yeah. i ended up having to kind of start from scratch and so i ended up turning it into uh into like a 20th century music slash film music kind of course and i remember uh there was a few essays here and there uh, a few paragraphs <laughs> that uh yikes <laughs> that's all i can say <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a slog sometimes it's sometimes amusing as messy christmas but sometimes it's more of a how how have you done this <laughs> yeah pretty much like how have you gotten this far like like we have failed you. i'm sorry but <laughs> yeah i feel that way especially with some of the older students bless them yeah exactly but they try their hardest to... exactly and that's what i'm there for to help them yeah <laughs> like blackout is there to help Baldrick. like that's, that's yeah. right yeah so so he kind of kind of goes through everything and he's uh you mentions how he has a tree <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's or a twig i believe <laughs> little twig yeah and of course we get a another uh very common inappropriate joke about size and you know things like that <laughs> <laughs> it is it is packed full of sort of rather inappropriate jokes i sort of forgot actually you know re-watching it this year how inappropriate a lot of the jokes were and i was i always think actually i might show this to some of my older students potentially and then i watch it and go oh maybe maybe i maybe can't not. actually yeah. show this no no there's a lot in there that is a little bit um on the dodgy side yeah. of um yeah appropriate i think that's right yeah even you, right you don't want to get start, written up yeah <laughs> no even i work in a, a christian school as well and you know right at the start talking about the nativity that um baldrick is putting on yeah 
And um, it is very Victorian, very British dark humour that uh, the baby Jesus has died. And so they get a, because <laughs> the baby had died and they get a dog to replace the baby Jesus. <laughs> I just, I cracked up, but I, was like, I can't really show that to my class. No, probably not in a Christian school, no. No. <laughs> but yeah, because they mentioned that it was, um, that it was a nativity play performed by orphans. Yeah. So of course, when you think orphanages, uh, yeah, in general. So when <laughs> when he passes away, yeah, it's like okay, well that <laughs> that that tracks. But at the same time, then they replace him with the dog, and then he has a great line about you don't think uh, that he would have like changed the world if his first words were wolf or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like great little lines here and there, and so yeah, I'm gonna admit that when we get to our my. my section at the end that I, where we do our impressions i really had a hard time finding like my least favorite <laughs> bit because i enjoyed this whole yeah. thing i mean i love monty python i love you know um uh all that kind of thing and so just in general the the british style of comedy is, is some of my favorite and so i really had a difficult time to pick it in me too yeah I, I got a couple in the end which we'll talk about later but um it was tricky because, like you said, the characters are so good and the jokes are so fast and quick and, um, you know, barely stops for breath. But it's hard to sort of find a bad moment in all the rush of comedy because you're laughing all the time. <laughs> exactly. And I think I ended up, honestly, I think I ended up picking what I did just because I could do an accent. <laughs> so I'm going to apologize already. Uh, this is a preemptive apology. I'm sorry. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. I'm just a Hispanic <laughs> boy from South Texas. So forgive me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so as they're getting ready for Christmas, uh, and, and they're talking about, you know, how much money they've made throughout the year. And so it's only, I believe 17 pounds and a penny <laughs> and a, one penny, yeah, <laughs> one penny. And, uh, right away they start getting, um, visitors. And of course each visitor has some sort of sob story so that the most generous men in town will help them out. Uh, <laughs> so, so we get Mrs. Scratchit. Who uh, is talking about uh, Tiny Tom? Yeah, <laughs> who is apparently not so tiny. <laughs> There's a great line later on where he talks about you could use him as a houseboat or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think she again later on he says something along the lines of, "You know, it's not a disability if you just occasionally remember to say ow my leg." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Tiny Tom's supposed to be disabled, and uh, yeah. And he has an enormous appetite or something. And anyway, so Mrs. Scratchit tries to get some money out of him. And so he's like, well, I, I have some, you know, I'll buy some of your matches. I see you have matches there. And so, you know, here's 10 pounds. She's like, you don't want all of them. He's like, uh, okay, fine. And so then there goes all of his, uh, all yeah, of his money. Yeah, all the 17 except the, pounds. <laughs> except for the money. Yeah, the penny. Uh, the penny's all he has left. And then we get like another little boy that comes in and, uh, and, you know, tries to get a penny out of him. And he does successfully. And then we get, uh, oh, gosh. Um, the, um, it's the, I don't even know how to describe them. It, it's not. Yeah, it's the sort of charity collectors, I suppose. It's, I think they're orphans, aren't they? Those three boys. I think so. And then they're sort of. Yeah. I wasn't positive. Pers- but I think. No, right. the orphan master, I suppose, that looks after them. But I think they're described <laughs> as orphans on the uh, back of the, the DVD box I have. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. to. <laughs> The enormous orphans is how the DVD box enormous describes orphans, them. Yeah, <laughs> well, they and uh, oh, he's he's a beadle is what the man is known as, and I think a beadle was um, oh, with a Victorian beadle. term, mm-hmm. yeah, for someone that would sort of um, look after the poor and needy, and especially orphans, and do fundraising, usually in a Christian um, um, setting of some kind. I gotcha. So I think that's what the character is playing. 
I gotcha. And uh, yeah, so they trick him out of uh, giving away some of the nuts that he had. Because uh, <laughs> you see him being stripped, you know, piece by piece of like his yeah. presence and all these other things. And, you know, we get to that point. He's like, well, at least we have these nuts here and, you know, we can enjoy them. <laughs> and well, there goes that. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And then same thing, his uh, his goddaughter. You know, yeah, and he Millicent. had Millicent. Yeah, he had a present for Bodrick and a present for something for himself, and then uh, something for her. And she thinks, of course, that it's like the hat and the scarf and everything are all for her. <laughs> all for her. So she takes it, and I mean, just poor guy. Like he's just being taken advantage of so badly. I know, and he, he sort of doesn't really. Well, he does realize, it, I suppose, but he doesn't mind. He's you know just giving it all away so lovingly and freely. And all these horrible, horrible people <laughs> are coming into his life and taking advantage. <laughs> the only person that's not horrible to him is Baldrick, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but we're in. That's cut in with the uh, queen and yeah. uh, and her husband, and their you know their pomp and and everything that they have going on. You know, all their extravagance, and he's you know he has three surprise presents for her that he ends up <laughs> she somehow <laughs> tricks him into revealing what they are which yeah, is another funny time. bit <laughs> it's a damn damn every saying. time yeah <laughs> i love jim broadbent so much I and he's one too. of my favorite actors i was i was really fortunate um when i lived in london a few years ago i saw a christmas carol play a stage version oh nice and um jim broadbent played scrooge oh, on stage wow. it was so good brilliant really um innovative stagecraft they had um made it look like he was flying over london and the ghosts coming out on like you know levitating and all sorts of things and he was absolutely brilliant jim broadbent he was such a good scrooge and and again just the ability to change between that sort of you know miserly it was hard to see him as a miser actually at first because jim broadbent's <laughs> just jim such Rodman, a nice yeah. jolly man <laughs> and everything you see exactly um but he did it so well and then the transformation was brilliant as well it was one of the best i think you know theatrical experiences i've had and it was so christmasy as well of course nice yeah and i've always enjoyed everything he's been in of course you know some of the more popular ones like bridget jones diary and uh you know of course harry potter as as professor yeah. slughorn but but i always thought he was really a fantastic, just phenomenal actor. And so whenever he's in something, I always kind of perk up because I know that he's going to deliver, you know, a powerful performance, even if it's just as, you know, a, a bumbling dad or something like that, you know, it's just, it's, he nails it every time. So uh, he, <laughs> he really has a nice comedic turn here as the, uh, as I guess, what would you call it? Not Regent or uh, I, I don't know. No, it's Prince Albert. Prince it's, Albert. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah the Prince. Yeah. yeah. Cause he's not technically King. Uh, no yeah and you'll have to forgive me again i'm just a, an american i don't quite know how all that <laughs> how all that works yeah uh, the royalty <laughs> yeah but uh but yeah as, as you said as well with jim broadbent in harry potter there's a lot of harry potter actors in here i, I sort of I was, as i was watching it i kept going oh they're in harry potter oh, they're in harry potter as well it's, i think it's just british <laughs> you know you watch any, any british show from the 80s and 90s with good actors in it and there's going to be You'll a handful of it. harry potter actors <laughs> and performers in there well yeah um uh marianne margulies was uh yeah. professor sprout and exactly then, uh, yeah miranda richardson was oh gosh rita skeeter i think rita skeeter the journalist mm-hmm. yeah and uh you've got robbie coltrane robbie coltrane tagrid yep yeah and then um I, well i know stephen fry didn't uh he wasn't in the films but he did the audiobooks he did I don't know if he did yeah but but he um they were really, really successful over here, the audiobook versions. And his name, his face, or sorry, his voice 
was quite closely associated with so much that when I've taught students before and I've played them a clip of Stephen Fry in something, they said, oh, that's the Harry Potter man. Because when they were little, <laughs> they heard the Harry Potter stories from their parents and they heard the audio books and just recognized the voice. Well, Stephen Fry is another, um, you know, we briefly talked about him already, but he was another one that I didn't quite know very well until I saw him in uh, V for Vendetta. Which is, yeah. which is a shame because I mean, out of all his roles, that's not really a great role. But for some <laughs> no, reason, it's an odd one. <laughs> that's that's what I remember him in. Uh, and I think it was, I think the guy's name was Prospero, his character. But anyway, um, so that's how I learned of him. And then, of course, I went on to research him and, and saw him in a bunch more things. And you're right. I mean, it really is just jam packed full of of all these just great classic actors that uh, are. are fantastic in everything they do uh, uh, Miranda Richardson of course uh, yeah. another one another very terrible movie that I saw her in <laughs> for some reason I know them all from terrible movies uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow with oh yeah Cap. yeah she was in that one and uh. <laughs> but <laughs> since then I've gone on to see her and she has such a range as well I mean like you can't you can't find better actors, I think. You know, the, the no. thing that would have made it better if, like, was Ian McKellen or yeah. <laughs> Michael Gambon or someone was in there. But uh, it's uh, amazing how they sort of, you know, can go between comedy and drama in, in, in such a. I think it's quite difficult for a lot of actors to try and make the jump between it. But a lot of these classic British actors just seem quite natural, started off in comedy and then moved into drama and equally at home in both. You're right. It, it, especially, at least for American actors, it is incredibly difficult. And so you see a lot of these uh, actors try to do comedy and it just it doesn't play very well. <laughs> In fact, I think when uh, one of the critics talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> not that he's a great actor, but, uh, you know, he was known, of course, for like Commando and Predator and, you know, all that. And uh, when he tried to do Jingle All the Way, I believe yeah. one person said that he had the comedic timing of a dead moose. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, but so eventually we get Black Adder. Uh, Ebenezer is giving away all his stuff. It's pretty much like, okay, well, he's he's getting ready to go to bed. He's visited. I, by, I think he had the turkey left as well. Didn't I, he give the turkey away to um, the, the the queen and Prince Albert? They he, came around. He did. That's, yeah. That, and that's what I was about to get to. He was ready for yeah. bed, but he gets visited by, by the queen yeah. and Prince Albert, who were trying to, uh, I guess, do their annual charity you know, yeah, charity <laughs> going event to. I think, I think they said, yeah, go sort of give out to the poor and also find the 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 um, nicest people yes. in London as well, the most giving people as well. Yes, and so they were directed to his place, and so he gets there, and of course, you know, they're like, well, we're here collecting for the poor, you know, give us something, and he's like, well, I don't, I don't have any money. And then, of course, they're like, well, what about a turkey or anything? He's like, well, I, of course, yes. And now that you mention it, I do. And so he <laughs> runs and grabs it and, <laughs> and gives it to them. And so they're, he has no idea who they are. Like, no. At least I don't, it doesn't seem like it. And so by this time, he goes back into the room and <laughs> Baldrick's there. And he's like, hey, you know, by the way, while you were helping them, this spirit came in and was, said something about haunting you. And, you know, by the way, but no big deal. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's I, I was when i was trying to think of my marley's for my world cup of marley's i was like oh black had a christmas carol and i realized there, there, he, he doesn't appear no he's no he's, marley, he's off, yeah. off screen yeah <laughs> we just hear about marley from next door and that's it yeah yeah exactly well it's another it's also interesting because there's only one spirit yeah you know, it's not like yeah. past present and future it's just one guy no. that i guess is the embodiment of all of them i don't know yeah we just get the christmas spirit ghost mm-hmm which is, uh, I mean, again, just another twist on the classic tale. 
but he's get Blackadder's getting ready for bed and he's visited by the spirit who's Robbie Coltrane. And uh, he already, I hate to admit it, but he kind of looks like Hagrid already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the big oversized, you know, beard and wig. And, yeah. Uh, large cloak sort of like outfit and mm-hmm. yeah, just the general big size and booming voice. It, it's, it's Hagrid all over. It's I pretty think. much Hagrid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can imagine, you know, back when, you know, they were casting Harry Potter and if they'd watched any of this sort of stuff, you'd think, the casting directors are like, we've got to get Robbie Coltrane. There's no one else <laughs> they probably that can did. be Hagrid. Yeah. Well, especially if it is such a beloved, uh, you know, a property over there, I can imagine them just sitting down one Christmas thinking, you know what? He would be a great Hagrid. <laughs> mm. <laughs> just as they're watching it, you know. Um, but it's funny. He, he of course, asks for a drink. <laughs> he's like, well, all we have is that uh, surgical bruise lotion. And yeah. like, oh, the good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of those little lines in there. They're just amazing lines. Uh, <laughs> Again, he plays on that sort of a bit of a, a sort of, I suppose, a stereotype, maybe a racist stereotype of a drunk Scotsman is what he's sort of playing yes, exactly. <laughs> with his character there. That he's drunk anything that he gets, really. <laughs> yeah, he does. But it, it's funny. I mean, I, you know, yeah. the, the thing about and you know, a lot of people and I, sorry. I'm probably going to cut this out, but you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic. And so a lot of the stereotypes for us are that, you know, we're lazy and, and yeah. drinking stuff like that. And I think it's funny. I mean, I'm, I'm not yeah. that sensitive about it, but. Uh, well, I think, I think a lot of Scottish people are proud of, of the stereotype of being quite strong drinkers. As far as, you know, I've ever seen, I've got a couple of friends who are Scottish and, and they like their drink and they're happy and proud about that really. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know what, if it's going to happen anyway, might as well embrace it. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's cold up there. You know, it's, it's a bit bleak up in the Highlands. Sometimes it's dark a lot of the time. You need a little bit of whiskey to cheer things up and make sure you get through the day. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I got to do something to natural. keep warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love how he's visited by the spirit. And at first he's like, wait a minute, you're a, you're a really good guy. I don't know why I'm here. And you know, that kind of a, it, it's, it's, you know, like, why would he be there? I mean, did he expect yeah. to find a miser? Yeah, I don't... he's found his way into the wrong house or something. Or something like, that. <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but you're a good one. You're not like your ancestors. and Yeah, and he's like, you know, there's other misers around here I have to visit. Oh, you're such good compared to those lot. <laughs> so he's like, really? Have there been others? You know, my, my, dis- my ancestors are evil? Really? Show me. And he's like, oh, yeah, check this out. And so he, he shows him. <laughs> And, but I believe he shows them the protagonists, like the Edmund Blackadders of uh, two and three. Is that right? Yeah. So, yeah, the first um, <laughs> vision from the past is from Blackadder two, which is sort of the reign of Queen Elizabeth the first, the so that first, would Tudor yeah. era. And then uh, Blackadder the third, which is like the Georgian era. So late 1700s, early oh, 1800s. But yeah, it's a chance for them to sort of, you know, I suppose, get back out the old outfits and go back to the previous series, <laughs> which is... I suppose a bit exciting for them because every series was a different setting, but this gave them a chance to go back and revisit those characters, yeah. which again for audiences at the time, I suppose, and people that love Blackadder was quite, you know, um, thrilling to see the character again, especially after you hadn't been with Blackadder too, especially for a whole season. Mm-hmm. So to see him again was, um, you know, a bit like um, a cameo or something. It was like seeing, you know, a beloved character come back to the, to the screen. You know, one thing I always, uh, that, that, um, that the British do so well is your Christmas specials. Honestly, uh, you know, even when a series is over, you'll have, excuse me, you'll have a reunion and it'll be like a Christmas special or something like that. And it's just amazing. And I wish we had that here, honestly, you know, we've copied you in like so many other things. Why not just yeah. copy that too? Cause I would love to see what happened to some of my favorite characters and have another Christmas episode. And so I kind of, yeah. I, I kind of, 
regret not having that you know yeah mm-hmm. i agree yeah there are so many you know I, th- I think it's just a bit of a become a tradition here that you'd have a christmas episode every year from certain television shows like only fools and horses mm-hmm. and um, lots of sitcoms would just have a christmas episode if they were ongoing um and so then you know when they'd get a chance to come back shows like vicar of dibley and the royal family mm-hmm. they do a christmas episode because they were always so beloved and you know everyone sat in front of the telly anyway and it's that nostalgia feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and now in the modern age, you've had shows like um, Gavin and Gavin Stacey, exactly, mm-hmm. have sort of come back and um, Outnumbered is sort of quite a big British sitcom that sort of come back and did a Christmas special, a couple of Christmas specials. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see, you know, things like The American Office or Parks and Rec or oh, yeah. those sort of shows come back and do a one-off, just a one-off, you know, Christmas party episode or something <laughs> as a proper full episode. As a full episode, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know they had that reunion um, at the beginning, or I guess middle of this uh, COVID thing where, you know, they kind of did a COVID episode and everyone was on Zoom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It would be fun uh, when, God willing, all this is over that uh, for them to just come together and do another Christmas episode. But yeah. I, and you think there'd be lots of money in it uh, as a just purely monetary financial thing for the studios, for the actors. It'd yeah. It'd be a great so. moneymaker. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, especially because... Uh, everyone wants that kind of like you mentioned that nostalgia and that feeling of you know just just togetherness and and just remembering all your favorite characters and so it's it's kind of a shame that they don't do something like that but i don't know i guess maybe they feel everyone's at christmas parties or something i don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe need a petition going it could be yeah yeah <laughs> but uh so robbie coltrane the spirit um shows ebenezer the the black adder too and uh so it's edmund blackadder and he's uh i guess he's lord blackadder at this point and yeah. and so he's <laughs> he he has this painting made he spent like all his money on making this wonderful <laughs> present for uh for queen elizabeth and it's like a wonderful portrait for her and he's going to give it to her and when he finally gets an audience with her um you know he just finds out that she has banned christmas and <laughs> <laughs> she's all in there she's she's like a stroppy sort of child and she's you know having a strop like i hate christmas and and, and having a sort of go at her poor nanny or nurse whoever it is the, that looks yeah. after her so <laughs> like if i see anyone with a present you know i'm gonna have them executed <laughs> and there he is with that big painting and uh so it's like what's that um it's a window <laughs> it's, it's such a great line um and so then he kind of plays it off. And so he quickly leaves. And now knowing that it, that anyone executed or anyone with the president will be executed when he meets uh, Lord Melchett, uh, Stephen Fry, then, yeah. you know, he immediately says, oh, I can't wait to see, you know, don't, please don't, you know, don't, don't give her anything because you know, <laughs> it's against the law now. You know, and yeah. of course, knowing that whatever he says, he's going to do the opposite. <laughs> Reverse psychology <laughs> trick. Yeah. <laughs> but you get another one of those great lines where he's like, you know, um, it's something like, hold on, let me pull it up really quick. You know, here we go. Ah, oh, Melchit, greetings. I trust that Christmas brings you its traditional mix of good food and violent stomach cramp. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, he responds with like, and compliments of the season to you, Blackadder. May the Yuletide log slip from your fire and burn your house down. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're just- and there's such this amazing, bitter rivalry between them. And again, Stephen Fry is so good at sort of playing off against... Uh, Rowan Atkinson, Rowan Atkinson there, and that yeah. sort of yeah hatred for each other but that's a very formal old-fashioned British hatred as well you know they're sort of acting because they're dignitaries they're important people they're privileged they're rich they speak very well 
and but they just trying insult to get a each bit other further ahead as, yeah, well, as well exactly it's mm -hmm. all about getting that little extra and, and a little <laughs> bit more power a little bit more privilege a little bit more wealth yeah so of course it's later on in the day and um the nanny has kind of convinced queen elizabeth <laughs> or the nurse i should say has convinced queen elizabeth that you know you used to love christmas why are you banning it and so she's like you're right I was being silly. So they come in and of course, Blackadder's kind of smirking and, you know, he knows that, ha ha, I've got Melchit now. And so he's like, I have this present for you. It's a crown. And she's like, oh, I love it. And, you know, more presents. <laughs> I'm going to give you tons of presents. What, what would you like? <laughs> so, so she's going to elevate, you know, elevate him to a higher rank, I suppose. And uh, yeah, give him, I think, a new lordship, a new lordship. Castle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then even, uh, <laughs> And she says anything else. He's like, oh, a saucy wife might be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so she has, she, of course, she names someone right off the bat. And it turns out it's Black Adder's girl at the moment. <laughs> he's like, yes, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, why don't you just, uh, you know, whip me, you know, naked down the streets all the way to wherever. He's like, I think it's oh. all the way to Bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, that's, that's too far. We'll just, we'll, we'll stay at, at this closer point. <laughs> yeah, we'll whoop you to Aylesbury. Aylesbury, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Sorry, I don't know anything about... <laughs> yeah, the British geography. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he, of course, and uh, she's like, what have you got for me, Blackadder? And he's like, uh, he's got nothing because he destroyed the painting. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that he'd get him executed. I think right he hit, actually punched Baldrick through the painting. Through the painting, yeah. Smashed it through his head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he's got nothing. And so she's like, well, I'm going to have to have you executed now. Sorry. And <laughs> so any last, any last requests. And so thinking fast, Bodrick had actually gotten him uh, a gag gift. It was like a, <laughs> a fake death warrant, you know, execution <laughs> warrant for uh, anyone, uh, you know, so he could play a trick on someone. And so, <laughs> so he's like, Oh, I've always, you know, I've been big fans of yours. Could I get y'all's autograph and hold it with me before, you know, before I, I die. And so she signs it and then he gets Melchit's signature as well. He's like, oh my, <laughs> oh, you know, good, uh, you know, dearest me. It's, and she's like, what? He's like, well, this seems to be a death warrant. <laughs> and she, I like her little, she goes, oops. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's oops, that's it. <laughs> Just sign this man's death, oops. <laughs> well, is there a name on it? He's like, it's Lord Melchit. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, I guess you'll have to have all this stuff and I can't go back on my word. <laughs> you know, I don't want to seem weak. I can't go back on my word now. So, yeah. And so we we fade back to the spirit in Ebenezer. <laughs> and he's got like this big smile on his face. He's like, huh, how about that? And very admiring. Of yeah, he's, he's actually like, wow, you mean you can actually do stuff like that? And he's like, uh, no, no, but awful, of course, their behavior. Yeah, it's just awful, awful. And, uh, but he's like, huh, that's, that's very interesting that they can do stuff like that. And so the spirit's like, oh, you think that's bad? Watch this one. <laughs> or I think it says, take a shifty at this one or something like that. <laughs> and so then we get to, like you mentioned, Black Adder 3. And they've got the, uh, you know, the, the wigs and, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, the um, Georgian fancy, very fancy clothes. And... Um, the foppish kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, Hugh Laurie is there. And so Black Adder and Baldrick again are, are scheming to, <laughs> to trick him out of a bunch of presents. <laughs> so I have this very convoluted plan. <laughs> it is. I, 
I'm sure there's much easier ways to trick him into doing <laughs> And so um, they're going to have him. He's going to tell the, the, the whole point is that he's going to tell him a story about an old woman and get him so <laughs> emotional that he'll want to give the old woman everything. And Baudric is supposed to dress up as the old woman. So they start playing charades first because he, they know he'll get bored and, yeah. and then he can, he'll ask for a story. Which he does very quickly, and uh, I love. Uh, he gets very confused very quickly yes, he um, does, at yeah. the game of charades, and <laughs> I think he's you say two syllables, and uh, he replies, two silly bulls, <laughs> two silly bulls. What are they doing?" <laughs> and just starts getting very confused about the idea of a syllable. He's or like, a "No, silly no, no." Bull. So you know, you have to name the specific type of book. You know, like if I were to open it up, and you know, and then I. You know, did this? Yeah, I might mean the Bible. He's like, I don't think there are any silly bulls in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's another just great little gag that um, they really play off. And Hugh Laurie, of course, at this point, I, I'm so used to him being the like uber genius, uh, you know, house that whenever I see him play something else, it's it's very very shocking. <laughs> yeah, and again, especially a character that's so silly compared to houses. You know, very serious type of humor. Very, you know. Um, quite mean quite harsh quite you know a bit scary and mm-hmm. yeah compared to this when you see him it's, it's again completely the opposite it's just this ridiculous ridiculous idiotic rich man <laughs> but he does it so well that uh, i mean i believed him it, it was great so he starts telling him a story and about you know this poor little old woman and she's got nothing and and he goes on and elaborates and so eventually you know the, the <laughs> George, uh, it's Prince George, right? Prince George. Yeah. yeah. He he's just crying and brought to tears. And so then, when you know the the old woman comes in, he's like, "Oh, give her everything. Give her all the <laughs> presents." And you know, he's like, "Well," may, and of course, uh, Black Adder's like, "Well, maybe I should uh, I should shoo her away." He's like, "No, no, no, no. Give her give her it all." <laughs> okay. Well, I'll I'll walk her out just to make sure she doesn't steal the silverware. He's like, "No, give her the silverware too. Everything." <laughs> it's like. And so as he's closing the door, he sees that the old woman has already gotten her stuff and gone. And so he's like, you know, all right, Bodrick, where are you? And then he comes out and he's got nothing. He's like, oh, yeah, I was just helping this uh, old woman <laughs> with all these. This sweet little old lady yeah, <laughs> out the door. <laughs> it's, it's, and so you can just see on his face like, ah, uh, I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust Bodrick. Yeah, yeah that don't, the wrong don't trust plan. him. <laughs> so, of course, he comes up with the idea that he's just going to go rob her later on. It's dangerous streets and he'll just take it all. But, <laughs> but it's just so funny how he's like, yeah, I, I should have known better than to to put my faith in you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just another great thing where we fade back to the, the spirit. And at this point, of course, Ebenezer is really learning the wrong lesson now. He's <laughs> like rubbing his hands with glee almost with like uh, excitement. Yeah. Fascinating. What's fascinating? Oh, uh, the wigs. The wigs are great. He's <laughs> um, like, so of course now the spirit's starting to notice that uh, something is not quite right here. And he's, he's kind of learn, learning the wrong lesson. He's like, well, what will happen if I were to go bad? What would happen to my, you know, in the future? It's like, uh, I, I, think I should be going. I don't think I should show you that. And he's like, no, come on, please just show me. So he finally relents and he shows him and we get this uh, crazy sci-fi, you know, years in the future yeah. kind of thing. Super sort of like, it's sort of like very 80s cheap budget yeah. sci-fi almost the way it's sort of, you know, cheap BBC budget that's sort of cobbled together, flashing <laughs> lights and oh, like a big empty room with B-movie curtains. movie for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a brilliant, brilliant way. 
It really, it really is. They, and of course, all the, the, the costumes and everything, they've got those, yeah. those very futuristic, you know, it's all silver for some reason. Yeah, it's Flash like Gordon sil- looking. Exactly, sort of <laughs> like silver lame or something. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it's the Queen Asphyxia, which I love. Yeah. It's just a great name. And her, her triple husbandoid. <laughs> yeah, the triple husbandoid. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, of course, played by Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie. And I think it was the nurse that plays the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're, you know, they're summoning the general and it's Blackadder. <laughs> He's got long Howard Stern looking hair and, and brilliant I, I, hair. I love that. Like yeah, <laughs> perm look. He's got, I, I wish I could pull that off, honestly. <laughs> no, I, and I definitely can't. I, <laughs> Um, and yeah, he's got like the cloak and it's, you know, the fur and the spikes and everything and the helmet that's like robotic. And so they're like asking him about how goes our war on the frontier and, you know, cause he's a general in their army. And so he's kind of leading them, you know, through their battles with such a, the, the Myrmidons and <laughs> yeah, the aliens. And it's all sort of gobbledygook words yeah, like, they keep throwing around. It's very, course, yeah. C.S. Lewis almost, you know, that sort of like uh, made up sort of language, made up words of sort of future aliens. And <laughs> Would you obviously, I think you had a lot of fun in the writer's room, just oh, sort of sure. those names yeah. of aliens about. <laughs> nibbly pimblies or something like that. Yeah, the nimbly pimblies. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, nope, you just made that one up. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, what have you brought us for tribute? And he has this device, and of course, they're all kind of making fun of him, and they want to execute him. He's like, well, hold on, let me show you. So he activates it, and it like disintegrates the triple <laughs> husbandoid. And so Queen Asphyxia is like, what happened? He's like, you know, I demand that uh, I'm going to be your, your king, you know, your emperor, and you're going to marry me, and I'm going to be in charge of everything, rule it with the galaxy with you. She's like, oh, I thought you'd never ask. Ha, 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 ha. And so, so uh, you know, after all this, this really melodramatic sci-fi futuristic stuff, uh, we cut back to, to Black Adder and the spirit. And again, they're just, he's like, wow. So if I, if I were to go bad, then, you know, my descendants would rule the universe. And, <laughs> and of course, he, <laughs> we get a great line from Robbie Coltrane where he's like, well, yeah, but, but you know, you, you wouldn't be happy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of work ruling the universe. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's spiritual good, spiritual. It's not good for the spirit. And so you can like, see he's, he's losing it. You can sense he's losing the battle here. Yeah. <laughs> he's big time losing the battle. It's like, okay, well, what would happen to my descendants if I stay good. So we go back to the exact same scene, <laughs> except this time the uh, the general is not Blackadder, it's Baldrick, and, <laughs> and Blackadder is his slave instead. <laughs> yeah, and, and the outfit, oh my, I remember when I was oh, no. young, yeah. when I first saw, well, Baldrick come out in the outfit first, and then then seeing Rowan Atkinson come out in that jock strap, you know, completely naked apart from a very small pair of pants with his long hair and his skinny little frame. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I saw in my life. As you know, a 13, 14 year old, when I first saw this, I think it was just the most hilarious thing I'd ever seen. It was just <laughs> cracked me up so much. It still makes me laugh. Oh yeah. As I see sure. him in that outfit looking so forlorn. And so, you know, I can't believe I have to wear this in front of national television almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And then yeah. Rowan Atkinson wearing it is just, Oh man. It was just, it was like the icing on the cake. So right away, he's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm not going to be this guy's slave. Forget it. So immediately he turns, he turns the corner. And so he wakes up Christmas morning 
And he, you know, he's like, oh, Bodrick, look, I found there's something in my stocking, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I love this bit so much. I love it. (laughs) It is a great bit. He's like, I found something in my stocking. It might be for you. And he's like, what is it? It's a fist. (laughs) And so he punches him in the face. It's like, it's a gift that keeps giving every year. And he just punches him. Keeps hitting him. (laughs) That's sort of, again, very fake slapstick punching. Like you can tell he's punching to the side. To the side, yeah. It's it's so funny anyway. It just works. Baldrick keeps getting knocked backwards. And It's funny because, you know, at this point, he only knows him as like the nicest man ever. So he still keeps, he's thinking like, oh, this must be some sort of, you know, joke. Yeah, a Christmas joke. Yeah. <laughs> nope. He uh, he immediately when Mrs. Scratchit comes back to ask for more things, he pretty much tells her, you know, because she asks, uh, you know, I'm sure you have a little a little fowl for me, you know, t- trying to get like some sort of bird or you know turkey or goose or something. He's like, oh, I've always found you fowl, <laughs> and not just a little. <laughs> <laughs> And then the same thing um, when those uh, when the beetle with the orphans yeah, come. Yeah, the orphans come. And he's like, well, you know, they, they present him with like a tiny little pudding, <laughs> <laughs> which I think they, they put like a sprig of holly or something in it. Um, yeah, one tiny little bit of holly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so he's like slams the door in their face. And of course, Bondrick's like, you're not going to let him go out into the world with nothing but a little, tiny little pudding. He's like, oh, you're right. And he opens the door and grabs it, <laughs> slams it in their face again. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great oh man i was cracking up throughout that entire portion it's just it's it had me just literally and the transformation is just it's just works so much seeing you know what it was like at the start it's just like it, it, in the same way whenever i read christmas carol and i see that transformation from this horrible cruel man into this lovely kind generous man it you know makes me tear up it makes me really sad it makes me you know think about how wonderful christmas is and everything and this is exactly the opposite. Exact opposite. And that, <laughs> it, it completely makes me crack up. It makes me yeah, laugh out loud. It just, it's just so ridiculous, that sort of change, how cruel he becomes, how vindictive. He's throwing insults around. He's slamming doors in faces. He shoves the holly into Baldrick's face. Yeah. <laughs> just, in his mouth. He doesn't yeah. care anymore. He's just you know, perfectly evil. And so he's... Uh, I love it because his his goddaughter Millicent and her fiance come, and so, is it Ralph? I think the, the I think that's the what fiance. the name was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it was. Um, He's known on the back of um, quite interestingly on the back of the DVD box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Millicent is known as awful screeching woman, and uh, <laughs> she was. Her laugh was terrible. <laughs> her, yeah, her boyfriend fiance is known as the giggling ninny is what they refer to him as <laughs> in the sort of description of the, uh, the characters. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it because, you know, he does giggle, but they're in, he's insults them and they kind of don't quite get it right away. And uh, <laughs> so finally he's like, well, I hope you can support, you know, her lifestyle. He's like, oh yeah, sure I can. And he gives him his wallet and there's like all this money in it. And he pretty much just keeps it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he kicks them out, which I love. Um, she starts bawling with a very annoying tears. Oh, laughter. And he starts crying as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the ninny. So he goes to the back room. And during this time, uh, the queen and, and Prince Albert come back. And <laughs> they're like, where is, you know, where is uh, Mr. Blackadder? We want to reward him. And, uh, you know, all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, we've like heard that. he's the kindest man in London. So we're here to give him, is it $25,000? Uh, 50000 50000 pounds, yeah. And uh, I think the title of Baron, I think. Yeah, Baron. Yeah, Baron of Blackadder. And, uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, <laughs> so he's in the other room. He comes out, sees them, and he recognizes them from the night before. 
but he doesn't realize that they're actually, you know, the queen and the prince. And so he just abuses them like crazy, just starts tearing into them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, no, we're the, we're the queen and, you know, and the prince. And so he's like, Oh, you mean uh, the pig and the pig. And <laughs> yeah. I think he says something the like, the pig, uh, that's the, what it was. Yeah. yeah. The pig and the prig and the, the winner of the roundest woman in London award and roundest, the dumpiest, winner of the daftest the accent, dumpiest. Yeah. That's the word. <laughs> That's a great. <laughs> so I snorted. Excuse me. Uh, it's such a great, a great bit there. Yeah, he abuses them. He doesn't believe them, and so he has Baudric with that money that he took from from the ninny, has him buy like this huge turkey, and so he's sitting down to eat, and he's like, like, well, no, those were the the queen and the prince. He's like, no, they weren't. You know, they leave. Yeah. They always leave their royal seal. He's like, oh yeah, they did, and he shows it to him, and it ends with him just kind of looking up, like, oh, really? <laughs> that freeze frame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great bit and it's such a great ending and uh i really i really really enjoyed this special it was just something about it uh it, it's charming it's it, not only is it inventive because it turns it on his head but it, it really you get a style of all the other bits and so as you mentioned you get that nostalgia growing in with it and yeah. uh, you know you're just these these beloved characters that that mm. you know a lot of people grew up with and then they you know, they, they watched them for the, all those years and then they were back. And it, I mean, it was just, it was a really good special and it was well acted, well written. Uh, yeah. Just very just well. A lot acted. of fun, really. It's and just a lot of fun. A, exactly. A good fun time. You know, it's, it's funny, it's silly, it's slapstick. <laughs> and I think you can get lots of different things from it. I think this is the case for some, you know, some of the best comedy that you can watch it as a kid or as quite young and enjoy the slapsticks and the punching and the, the silliness. And then you can watch it as an adult and get completely different jokes, you know, on a different level, some of the ruder jokes and the <laughs> yeah. more subtle little bits and things. Yes. And there are bits that even, even watching back, you know, I didn't, I had maybe hadn't noticed before. There's a bit where near the start where um, Prince Albert says, talks about um, being from Glasgow. Oh, I think yeah. he sort of pretends to be from, I'm from Glasgow, he says. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and he talks uh, and Blackadder says, oh, I love the Gorbals. And at the time oh, I didn't yeah, yeah. know. <laughs> what the, and the Gorbals, <laughs> I looked up the Gorbals as an area of Glasgow, which I didn't know until I was like, oh, why is the Gorbals actually watching this back properly? <laughs> looked up, it's an area in Glasgow. And then yeah, he's like, oh yeah, they're a, they're a lovely couple, lovely the Gorbals, couple, yeah. the Gorbals. Yes, I, I send my regards if I see the Gorbals. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot. That was of that. a new joke for me. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, yeah, several several of the innuendos and things like that as well. That was just yeah. funny, but uh, you know, which uh, the first time I saw it, kind of passed me by. But uh, as is the case with a lot of these, this style, you know, especially when when the writing and the delivery is so fast, you can miss a lot of these things. And uh, yeah, just like you, I went back and watched it and got a couple other jokes. It's like, oh, okay, well, I like that now yeah. even better. <laughs> But I got to say for sure, I think this is um, like, this is probably going to be added to my Christmas canon, honestly. It's good. Yeah, it's, good. I, I, it's mine. Yeah, I watch it every single year. Every year I have to sit down and watch. I usually do a sort of a double bill of this and Mr. Bean is my sort nice. of, um, you know, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson double bill of Christmas at some point. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I could see how that would be a really good one too. Um, unfortunately, because my wife doesn't really get British humor and that, that dry you know, wit, uh, she... I'll probably end up watching this on my own, which is a shame because it's so funny, but <laughs> it is, you know, it is what it is. Exactly. Um, yeah. She, she really does like more of that Parks and Rec style. <laughs> yeah. So, which is great as well. But it is. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I like, sometimes I like a, a bit of elevated humor as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I have to ask, um, 
what would you say is your hap hap happiest memory of this special? Or if you can't pr- pick a particular one, maybe uh, just a, you know your favorite bit about it. Um, well, I, I, I do sort of have quite a memory of watching this when I was when I was a sort of a teenager watching it with my dad, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so um, it was one of the first, I think, one of the early shows when I was younger that me and my dad would watch together a little bit. Well, that Blackadder series four, um, and then the Christmas Blackadder as well. And so um, you know, there's definitely a few Christmases in a row where I'd watch it. We'd sit down and watch it together, nice. uh, and so it was quite a nice little moment, you know, that we'd both laugh at the same jokes or most of the same jokes, um, and sort of laugh at the same things. Whereas you know, otherwise, I, I like when I was younger, especially I like more maybe silly slapstick stuff that my dad thought was stupid and silly. Right. But this we agreed on, so we could sit down and watch this together at Christmas. Nice. For me, uh, I think it would probably be the first time I saw it, which was uh, I, I think I was in junior high. And it was a, a friend of mine had it on, um, I think he had recorded it off the BBC. Um, and so, yeah, it, of course, it had the commercials in it and everything. And that was, yeah, it had to be, it was, it was at John's house. I remember it was at John's house. And it was just, I just remember really laughing at it, even though I didn't quite understand it all <laughs> at the time. <laughs> you know, I, I got most of the jokes, but, you know, I mean, some of the historical part was just like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. You know, I didn't really pay any yeah. attention to it. But yeah, I mean, it was really great. And unfortunately, I lost track of it throughout the years because I didn't own a copy of it. And it wasn't something that I went to, you know, to actually actively seek out, which is a shame because I think I would have been watching it all these years now if I had known. <laughs> but oh, well, uh, I'm glad that I've rediscovered it now. You've got it back now. Exactly. Exactly. You, yeah. Had it. <laughs> So that's that's probably mine there. Uh, but now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little segment I like to call Gag Me With a Spoon. So this is where we do our best impressions of our least favorite part of the uh, episode. And as I mentioned before, it was really, really hard. So uh, we'll I'll let the listeners vote. And, um, you know, the winner will get a sticker unless I win, in which case I get nothing. But I still have yet to win. So I think you're fine. <laughs> you're, you're probably good right now. Um, but yeah, I'll let you go first as a guest, just kind of set up the scene for us. And then uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so um, it was again, it was hard to decide on my least favorite bit. But <clears throat> I was deciding between the two well, the most annoying characters, basically the characters that annoy me a little bit. And you see mm-hmm. the Millicent or the enormous <laughs> orphans were the two that sort of made me go, oh, these people are very annoying. Um, and I thought <laughs> I'd go for the enormous orphans with the beetle. And it's when they nice. come back at the end to see um, um, Blackadder mm-hmm. and they um, turn up at his door and sing him a Christmas carol. Um, which is a very odd version of a Christmas carol. So I thought I'd sing that Christmas carol for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I've had to write it down. God bless Mr. B at Christmas time and baby Jesus too. If we were little pigs, we'd sing piggy wiggy 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 woo. Piggy wiggy 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 woo. Oh, piggy wiggy wiggy woo. Wiggy wiggy woo. Oh, piggy wiggy wiggy woo. That was great. That was really good. For me, because I had a hard time choosing, and I almost went with Millicent as well. Um, but I realized I couldn't, I couldn't do it any justice. So I ended up going with Robbie Coltrane, uh, cause I, I wanted to, I wanted to attempt to do his, uh, <laughs> to do his accent and I'm going to fail miserably here, but it's, you know, at least you can laugh at me and say, Oh, silly old Texan. Um, so it's the spirit and, uh, you know, he's, he's first visiting him and he said, you know, 
he mentions visions, how, how they have, he gives them visions of everything. He says, well, well, it's all visions these days. We used to use black and white line drawings, but the visions are more effective. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on accent there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I was in Glasgow for the, yeah. a second there. <laughs> in the Gorbals. In the Gorbals, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I will leave it up to you listeners um, and I'll put it on Twitter and, and all our social media and you guys can vote and see uh, um, which one of us uh, has won and how I, how badly I have lost. So, <laughs> uh, but on that note, you know, GI Joe, they taught us that uh, knowing is half the battle. What would you say the other half is? Um, I think the other half is uh, don't insult the queen. That would be the other half. And that, that applies today as well. Don't insult the queen. <laughs> that's really good. Actually, uh, that's, that's almost exactly like mine. <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, the, if knowing is half the battle, the other half is being nice to undercover royalty so you can get a big wad of cash and a title. <laughs> so we were thinking along the same lines there. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Adam. It's been a lot of fun talking about this with you. But, uh, you know, what do you want to plug? Tell me about your show. So yeah, I am the host of Merry Britsmas podcast. Uh, it's been going for a couple of years now, um, but previously I've only been doing one um, episodes in sort of November, December. And it's a podcast that's all about British Christmas things because I listen to lots of Christmas podcasts that were all very American, uh, which are all brilliant. But a lot of the stuff maybe I didn't know very well, or there was some stuff where I thought, oh, I want to talk about British Christmas things like Blackadder and Royal Family and all those things that, you know, were part of my childhood. Um, and so I discuss Christmas television and music and traditions that are British. Um, and I usually put an episode each month on the 17th. Uh, and then November, December, I have some extra bonus episodes as well. Uh, and I also do, or I've just started doing my World Cup of Christmas things on Twitter, voting for <laughs> various British Christmas things. So I did a World Cup of Doctor Who specials last month, and now I'm doing the World Cup of Marley's for October. Right on. And so they can find you at all. Yep, social I have yep. uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all Merry Britsmas. Uh, oh, I do have a website as well, which is www.merrybritsmas.co.uk. Nice. Right on. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's, it is a lot of fun. And he goes through a bunch of things that uh, especially this American didn't know about. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I highly recommend it. Definitely check out Merry Britsmas. And on that note, uh, let me say thanks again for coming on. It was Thank you for time. having me. It was brilliant. And I'd definitely love to do it again in the future. For sure. Yeah, we definitely have to. And I'm going to end it by saying, well, yes, but in the feeling good ledger of life, we are rich indeed. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're feeling as generous as Ebenezer Blackadder on Christmas Eve, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Now, don't forget to vote. Later, dudes. It's Christmas! Hello, this is Adam from Merry Britsmas. I am a Christmas fanatic from the UK who thinks that the world needs to know more about the traditions, telly and music that helps make a British Christmas really festive. I look at everything from mince pies to Boxing Day to Wham to Slade to the Royal Family to Doctor Who. If you want to find out more about a British Christmas or you are British and want a hit of nostalgia, Check me out at Merry Britsmas. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all.